Well, I know that video is a few years old, and we've shown it here before, but many of you are probably seeing it for the first time or for the first time in a while, and it just seems so appropriate and fitting for this morning um, as we have been uh, celebrating Bill and Donna Canan, who were pastors at Linwood during the season when it planted Celebrate and Ransom, and we've been having a wonderful time doing that. And, uh, and so I actually decided to shift uh, the last two weeks of a firm foundation where we've been focusing on the Word of God and particularly the Old Testament this summer as a firm foundation for all of our lives. Um, we've walked through the first five weeks of this series, and I had planned after last week where we talked about fearing God to dive into a, a similar command that comes in Scripture, every time God shows up, He says, fear not. <laughs> we're not to be afraid, uh, and yet we're told over and over to fear or to reverence and obey and to have a holy and awesome respect for God. Um, we're going to get into that next week. I realized that where I had planned to finish the series with our core value of leaving a legacy of faith, that was much more appropriate this Sunday. So we'll be diving into that uh, today, uh, but that video really gets at one of the heartbeats of Linwood, and that is to leave a legacy of faith. That's been a part of Linwood's DNA from the beginning. And so when I arrived several years ago and we went through a process with the LBA of discerning our mission, our vision, our core values, we wanted to know what does God picture for us as a church? That's our vision. And, and what is that? And that for us was to be and increasingly become a healthy family of families. And we saw that on display last night as several people said, well, this is less of a retirement party and more of a family reunion. There were people that had come from near and far, people that hadn't set foot in this building since before the addition with the gym and the south lobby. They were seeing that for the first time. And, and I thought that's a picture of our vision to be and increasingly become a family of families, that, that it felt like a, a, a family reunion, a gathering of people who had been sent out to come back and be a part of that. And so then we thought, well, our mission is what's going to bring the, the vision to fruition. So our mission is to reach people for Christ, to give them a place to belong, to help them grow in their faith. We've been talking about that throughout this series. Well, our core values are foundational to that whole thing. And so in the first week, we talked about centering our lives on the Word. In week three, we talked about caring for each other. Today, we're going to focus on our third core value, which is leaving a legacy of faith. And this is, this is really important. <laughs> this is something that we're going to see in Scripture has been commanded for the people of God from the very beginning to leave a legacy of faith. And we see this today lived out in our commitment to our Kids' Way and our Linwood Student Ministries. Those ministries are foundational to us as a church, and we're committed to them. And in an age when a lot of churches are cutting those programs or, or restricting those programs, we, we see people every year that come to our Wednesday night programs because their church doesn't offer one or their church stopped offering one. And we want to have a place for the next generation to learn and to grow and to be instructed instructed and to be taught. We see that also in our, our emphasis on disciple-making, that that's leaving a legacy of faith, that, that when we make disciples, when we're intentional about getting into the Word and sharing the Word with each other, that we're leaving a legacy of faith. And then it goes beyond what happens here through our missions partners and our church planting, that, that over $80,000 each year goes out to missions partners and to church planting and to those partnerships that we have in our community, in the region, 
and literally around the world. And, and that represents over 10% of our general church budget, of our total budget, is going out to missions. And then another 10% roughly goes out in our Wesleyan assessments, which also plants churches and builds up the churches and helps fund the educational institutions and the general work of the church. So that means every dollar that comes into Linwood, 20 or 25 cents, is going out into the world to leave a legacy of faith. So when we talk about this, it's core to who we are. But before we dive into that, I want to hit on this really important distinction that we're not just talking about leaving a legacy. People talk about that all the time. I want to leave a legacy. There's songs written about that, and, and people say, I really want to leave a legacy. I want it to be really clear. We're talking about leaving a specific kind of legacy. It's a legacy of faith. Scripture defines faith as relying upon, clinging to, and trusting in God for everything in our lives. And specifically, in the New Testament, in the New Covenant, we put our faith, we rely upon, cling to, and trust in Jesus Christ and Him alone for our salvation, for our eternity, that that's the type of legacy that we are leaving. There are all kinds of legacies you can leave. And I would go so far as to say every single person in this room, every single person watching online, every single person in this world is going to leave a legacy of some sort. Scripture commands us to leave a legacy of faith. Some of us maybe inherited a dysfunctional family legacy, or we inherited some genetic uh, things that are part of our legacy that we have to deal with, whether it's, you know, heart disease or proclivity towards alcoholism or something else, that we have all kinds of legacies that we inherit. And I think that's why God's Word is so clear, that we have to be intentional. We have to be focused on leaving a legacy of faith, that part of our legacy, the main part of our legacy, will be the faith of those who come behind us, that will be the faith of those who trust in Jesus in some small or some large way because of us. And so our main passage today is going to be Deuteronomy chapter 6. We've been spending time in the Old Testament. We'll continue to do that through the summer as our banding together reading is focused on the Old Testament. If you need to grab a Bible, there's one in the chair in front of you. If you're watching online and can pick up a Bible and open it up to Deuteronomy chapter 6, it'll be towards the front. Deuteronomy is the fifth book in the Bible, um, or it'll be on the screens behind me. But we're going to look at verses 1 through 9 of Deuteronomy chapter 6, and we'll just break this down three verses at a time so that we can read it, process it, and then move on, and we'll see the whole thing uh, come together. But in Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 1 through 3, Moses has just reminded the Israelites in chapter 5 of the Ten Commandments. And so he says in chapter 6, these are the commands, decrees, and laws the Lord your God directed me to teach you to observe in the land that you are crossing the Jordan to possess, so that you, your children, and their children after them may fear the Lord your God as long as you live by keeping all his decrees and commands that I give you, and so that you may enjoy long life. Hear, O Israel, and be careful to obey, so that it may go well with you, and that you may increase greatly in a land flowing with milk and honey, just as the Lord, the God of your forefathers, promised you. And so you see in this passage at the very beginning and in the verses that come, the people of God, the Israelites, were commanded 
to leave a legacy of faith. They were commanded to fear God, which is what we talked about last week. So if you missed last week's message, I would really encourage you to go and find that. There's five different ways you can find last week's message. You can go to YouTube, you can go to Facebook, you can go to our app, you can go to our podcast. And those are all ways that you can share the message. So if you're ever sitting in church and you're like, man, I really wish so-and-so could hear this, they can. You just need to share it with them. And there's all kinds of ways that you can do that. But we see here that the people of God, the Israelites, are commanded to leave a legacy of faith. And that's a command that passes down to us. We are commanded to leave a legacy of faith. And we see several so-that's in these verses. And I underlined them on the screen and I emphasized them as I read them. So-that is two of the most important words in all of Scripture. Because God is making the application of a truth into our lives. He's saying, this is why I gave you these commands. And there are some promises that follow that. There's some application that comes from that. And so the first so that that we see is so that generations will fear the Lord. And this is critically important because we are not born with a fear of the Lord. We are born with a sin nature that pushes us away from God. We are not born with a desire to obey and to please God, to reverence and awe God, to worship God. We're not born with that. It has to be taught. It has to be transmitted from one generation to the next. Some of you may remember uh, Ronald Reagan famously saying that freedom is always one generation from extinction. And several pastors uh, and church leaders have applied that same truth to the church. George Carey, a retired Anglican archbishop, has said the church is always one generation from extinction. Faith is one generation from extinction because it doesn't come naturally to us. It has to be taught. God has revealed Himself to faithful people and commanded those faithful people to leave a legacy of faith. So that's the first so that, is so that generation after generation will fear the Lord. The second is that you may live long life. Did you see that? So that you may enjoy long life. And I would say eternal life, right? Eternity happens to be a very long time. But it's also unavoidable. Scripture is clear that you have a soul and that your soul is eternal. Yes, your body will die and it will go into the ground and it will decay. But you are not so much a body that has a soul, as C.S. Lewis has pointed out. You are a soul that has a body. Your soul is eternal. You will spend eternity somewhere. Do you want to enjoy eternity or not? And there are a lot of people that are not going to enjoy eternity. And this should break our hearts. This should convict us. This should compel us to leave a legacy of faith in our lives of our own family and in our church, but also in our community and in the world. And we should support and encourage those who are intentional in reaching other people that we would leave a legacy of faith, that there would be more and more and more people that would hear the good news, that would respond in faith to the good news, that would then leave a legacy of faith as well, so that they would enjoy their eternally long life. But there's a third so that, and this is probably the most practical, the most immediate, so that it may go well with you. They're on the fringes of the promised land. They're about to pass over the Jordan and go into the promised land and take it. And God is saying, if you fear the Lord, if you keep my commandments, if you obey, it will go well with you. 
and you will increase greatly. And there's a promise in Scripture, when we fear the Lord, it goes well with us. We have that solid rock to stand upon. And so we see that at the outset of this passage. The next few verses will probably sound the most familiar. These are verses that every Hebrew child, as soon as they were verbal, as soon as they were able to speak, they were memorizing these verses. And these were repeated by every Hebrew person throughout the day. And they say this. This is what Jesus was was speaking of when he was asked, what's the greatest commandment? He goes right here to Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 4. Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be upon your hearts. To be upon your hearts. This is the greatest commandment. This is the first and greatest commandment, Jesus says. That we would love the Lord our God with all our heart, with all our strength, and with all our minds. And growing up, I thought the three key words were heart, soul, and strength. All our hearts, all our soul, all our strengths. But as I've preached on this passage before, I'm really convinced that the three key words are all, all, and all. That he's talking about total allegiance, total love for God, all of our heart, all of our soul, all of our strength. And just in case there's any doubt, he clarifies in verse 6, these commands, they're not just to be in our ears or in our minds, they're to be upon our hearts. The heart was understood as the center of our motivation, the center of our feeling, our emotion. And so he's saying these laws are to be upon your heart. This is, this is foundational for you. And then in verses 7, 8, and 9, he tells us how we get these laws upon our hearts. How do we keep them upon our hearts? He says, impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. This is intensely practical stuff here. He's saying impress these on your children. What do kids do when something has been impressed upon them? They talk about it. They talk about it all the time. They talk, 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 talk about what has been impressed upon them. They're verbal processors. They get into verbal loops, and sometimes those verbal loops drive you crazy. But the idea is that that you would make an impression, that you would leave a legacy of faith that would make an impression on your children, that you would talk about it when you're going out, when you're coming back, when you're sitting at home, when you're walking on the road, that you would put it on your front door so as you come back in, you see that, and it reminds you, and you put it on the front gate so as you go out, you would see that, and it would remind you as you go out. That you would even go so far as to write it on your hands so that as you do your work, as you look at your hands, that you would see it there. And as you put it on your foreheads, as soon as you're in conversation with somebody else, you're seeing that. You're reminded of that, of who you are and whose you are and what is important to you. And so when we talk about impressing these things upon our children, we're talking about leaving a legacy of faith. There's a word picture to make an impression, to sort of emboss our children with these things. And the literal meaning of that command is to teach them diligently and incisively. Diligently and incisively. Not just once every now and then mention that this is kind of a big deal, but it's diligent. It's incisive. It's part of every day. 
And it's so important that these things get transmitted from one generation to the next. So important that we don't allow the faith to pass away, to go into extinction. And so our bottom line today is that there is no greater legacy you can leave than a legacy of faith. There is no greater legacy you can leave than a legacy of faith. Jesus said this is the first and greatest commandment. There are all kinds of positive legacies you can leave. You can leave a legacy of hard work. You can leave a legacy of honesty and integrity. You can leave a legacy of commitment of a healthy marriage, of good financial stewardship. All of those are wonderful legacies to pass down to your children. But if you do all of those and you fail to leave a legacy of faith, then you have failed. And if we did all of those as a church, but we didn't leave a legacy of faith for the next generation, then we failed. We haven't been faithful to the charge that has been given to us. There's no greater legacy you can leave than a legacy of faith. That's why this is the first and greatest commandment. And it's not just for you and your family. Yes, it starts there. But there are all kinds of of people out there that don't have parents that are focused on leaving a legacy of faith. And so when they come through the doors through an invitation or through happenstance or, or through Uh, an outreach program? Are there going to be people that are there to intentionally leave and build a legacy of faith into them so that they can leave a legacy of faith for the next generation and so that this can, can grow and expand and expand exponentially? Churches were planted 20 years ago, 21, 22 years ago, 10, 12 years ago that are now planting churches, that are planting churches. That network continues to grow into dozens and dozens of churches because this grows. This, when we're intentional about it, when we're focused on it, it grows. When we're not intentional, it doesn't grow. When we just focus on our own little world, it doesn't grow. But when we become intentional that we want our legacy to be a legacy of faith, then it grows, and it goes beyond our own families. It goes into other people's families, other people's kids, other communities. And the gospel moves forward. And there's an illustration that, that came to mind. I want to read a list of names to you. They're not going to mean a whole lot to you. Most of you haven't met most of these people. But I, there's a reason I'm doing this is there's a reason. And they have something in common. People like John Spear, Mike Propp, My parents, my Uncle John, my Aunt Ruth, my older sister, Don Riley, Myra Shaw, Mary Penny, Harold Bradshaw, Ken Love, Steve Childs, Lane and Laura Smothers, Guy Brewer, Gary Agee, Andy Stanley, you've probably heard of that one, Tim Keller, Al Evers, Bob Casto, Randy Marshall, many, many others. Now, they all have something in common and it's pretty important. And it's not just that they're older than me, though all of those people are older than me. These are all people that God used to cultivate and to leave a legacy of faith in my life. And they weren't all pastors. Some of them were, but some of them were Sunday school teachers. Some of them were family or friends. Some of them were coaches or community group leaders or seminary professors. But many of them were not even in full-time ministry. They, they, they were 
servants of God intentionally leaving a legacy of faith even though they were surgeons or they were uh, middle school teachers or they had some other vocation that, that was how they earned their living, they were intentionally leaving a legacy of faith. And so here's the interesting thing, that they have touched your life through me because they were intentional in leaving a legacy of faith in my life, and now you receive the benefit from that. And there are people that you will touch that will then go on to touch other people's lives and leave a, leave a legacy of faith in their lives. And this is the way the kingdom of God is designed to work. This is the way the people of God are intentional in leaving a legacy of faith. And I recently came across an illustration of a trellis or a lattice. Maybe you've seen one of those recently. Maybe you have one at your home. And this idea came to me through Mandy Smith, who's a pastor at Ransom Church and is over the Awaken Network, which is a church planting network that we partner with through teaching and through uh, various uh, ways of being involved in that. And they're planting churches all over the country. And And she wrote in their recent newsletter that the function of a trellis is to provide a framework of support so that the plants can climb and flourish. And I thought that's a that's a lot like leaving a legacy of faith. It's it's that we create a framework, we create a support for people to to bloom, to blossom, to flourish. Now, I don't know about you, one of my favorite flowers is a clematis. Maybe you are familiar with a clematis. There's a picture of it up on the screen. Beautiful blooms. They come in different colors. There's deep purples. There's hot pinks. We had a house in Casper, Wyoming that had three different clematis, three different shades of hot pink and purple that grew up uh, over our front entryway. And I just loved those flowers. And we always, everywhere we go, we say, we really should plant another clematis. Maybe we'll actually do it here. But if you put a clematis in a pot and set it on the ground, you'll have a beautiful little plant, but it won't do very much. It won't go very far. But if you back that pot up to a trellis, that's where the magic happens. When you put that up against a lattice, something that it can climb, the plant actually climbs up, and you can surround your whole entryway with beautiful flowers that will bloom for much of the spring and summer. And if you do it right, you can have like a whole wall of flowers. In fact, when the trellis is functioning best, it disappears. You don't see it at all. And when we are functioning best and leaving a legacy of faith, it's not about us. It's about the people that are growing and finding the structure and the support that they need to bloom and to thrive and to be everything that they can be. You barely see the trellis. Instead, you see the beauty of the plants. And another important thing to understand is that no point does the trellis determine what type of plant it should be. They're simply there to support and allow God's Spirit to empower and to direct and to allow the plant to grow and become all it was created to be. You see, trellises aren't the heroes. They're the hero makers. And I'm convinced that the greatest heroes among us are those who make other heroes, those who are hero makers. And as we celebrated Bill and Donna, that word came to mind a number of times that they were not content to just be the heroes in their own story. They wanted to be hero makers. They wanted to make other heroes that people would see and come to and come to faith in Christ and leave that legacy of faith. And I had a long time this week to chew on this, and, and I got to thinking about this idea of a lattice. And, and how when you look at a lattice, you see all these pieces, 
that go back and forth at different angles. And I was thinking about those people who I named earlier. And some of those people had a huge impact in my life. And they might be represented by one of these long, large squares that really are the framework for the whole lattice. Like John Spear, the first name I mentioned. The man led me to the Lord. He discipled me in a small group for several years. He called me into ministry on his staff. He entrusted me with ministry way beyond what anybody would say was wise. Like, I even asked him a couple times, are you sure? I'm a 27-year-old, and you're giving me the checkbook as a treasurer for a mega church with a $3 million budget and a $20 million building program. He's like, yep, I believe God is with you. There are people watching over you. You're not going to get too far out of line if you start to go down the wrong road. But he trusted me. Randy Marshall, I mean, the guy was pivotal in just a small segment of my life. We probably only spent maybe two or three hours face-to-face in my whole life, and yet he was pivotal in me answering the call to ministry. So he gets a big square. And then there were people that were more seasonal, people maybe that I didn't list that are, are one of these smaller squares up in, the, up in the corners. And I want you to think about your own trellis, and I want you to think about who were the people that were pivotal in your life? Who were the big members on your trellis? Who were some of the smaller ones? Do they know that? But don't camp out there too long because the real message behind all of this is whose trellis are you going to be on? Who will look back at the end of their life or at some point in their life and say, man, that, that was a big one. That was huge. That Sunday school teacher, that discipleship group leader, that worship leader that invested in me outside of Sunday morning, that whatever the case may be, the grandma, the grandpa, the parent, the aunt, the uncle, that left a legacy of faith in my life and, and was a huge part of my life. Are you going to be on many people's lists? And if the answer, if not a lot of people are coming to mind, then that just means you're not done. You have work to do. You can be intentional from this point forward. It's not too late. You can start leaving a legacy of faith today. You can start building your own faith so that you can grow the faith of others. Because I really believe that that's what we're called to be is the trellis. We're called to be the lattice in the lives of others that they can grow and flourish and bloom and then become the lattice in somebody else's life. That's the vision for our church, to be and increasingly become a healthy family of families, reaching people for Christ, giving them a place to belong, helping them grow in their faith. This is the vision for our individual disciple-making. This is the vision for Kidsway and for LSM. This is the vision for multiplication. This is why we plant churches, that they would be leaving a legacy of faith in the lives of others. And so it starts with our own families, and it's critically important. And then it moves beyond our families into our churches, into our communities, and into the world. Because there is no greater legacy you can leave than a legacy of faith. And that's my prayer, is that each and every one of us would be intentional, would be focused, not just today, not just next week, but for the remainder of our lives in leaving a legacy of faith. Will you pray with me? Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day, for this time to gather in your name, to sing your praises, to hear from your word, to be reminded of what is really important to you, to be reminded of what those primary purposes of God are in our lives and for our lives. And so we pray, Lord, that your spirit 
would convict us and empower us and direct us to be very, very intentional about leaving a legacy of faith, leaving a legacy of faith in Jesus Christ, faith in your word, faith in who you are, faith in your existence and in the way that you inhabit and indwell every aspect of our lives. We love you, Lord. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.